0: All right, what's up guys welcome back to another episode of the living the dream podcast today on the show We have carmen de who is the founder and president of doggies for dementia carmen. How you doing?
1: Hi great. Great. Thank you for inviting me here today
0: Of course. Thanks for coming on and we like yeah. to jump right in So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun That'd be great oh,
1: for fun Yeah So um, yeah, I've been in Austin area about 15, 16 years, I guess now, Um, and uh, I am a photographer, visual artist, and as you said, founder of the nonprofit. And it's funny, my favorite pastime is just walking in nature, especially with my camera. It just like opens up a whole world for me. And um, usually my dog, my husband are with me and they're very patient. <laughs> That's my favorite pastime other than being in Hawaii, which is my favorite place.
0: <laughs> there we go. There yeah. we go. How long yeah. have you been a photographer?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I've always had the camera around my neck since I can, since the first one I bought, which is when I first finished nursing school in 1979, 79. And uh, but I didn't really start doing it for um, a purpose I should say, or for a living until around
0: 2015,
1: Mm. 2015. And then I just, my, uh, the trajectory went from playing around to like super serious, lots of practice, lots of learning.
0: Um, Okay. Okay. So did you like start mm -hmm. taking classes around 2015 and getting like mentors and stuff like that?
1: Oh yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, lots of classes online, in person, anywhere I could. And I was just always trying new things. And there's just so much to learn too with digital. So you've got the, you still have the lighting to think about and angle and the feel and the, you know, what you want to, uh, what you want to say, what story you want to tell with the image. And now you also have Lightroom and Photoshop and, you know, all the other things um or not you know depending on your style and um I didn't know anything about that so I had a lot to learn yeah a lot to learn I had a good eye so that was a great start but um I had a lot to learn about the other yeah technical stuff yeah
0: yeah there we go (laughs) I'm glad that you embraced it and that you kind of approached it with that growth mindset willing to learn (sighs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, because at the same time, I'm also learning about business, which was totally new for me, too. I've been clinical and, and corporate, essentially, for 40-something years. And to learn about business and marketing and publicity and social media, I mean, that, that's a lot. <laughs> it's A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to learn. And you know yourself, it changes every day. So to keep up with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have some great mentors and helpers and um, I didn't even know what I didn't know. So it was easy to jump in because I had no idea.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, there we go. Tell us a little bit more about Doggies for Dementia.
1: Yeah. Doggies for Dementia is a nonprofit. We're about two years old. So it was founded essentially right as the pandemic started, March of 2020. Um, Although I've been doing the work for um, probably three or four years, and by by work, I say work, but it's it's like the best for me. But um, we photograph families impacted by dementia, and uh, usually with their family dogs. And back to that social media thing, you know, we want to raise awareness, and we want these stories to be shared and to pe- for people to learn what what is dementia, what is this like, and um, really in support of those families. And what I realized is photos that had dogs in them were much more popular than photos with just people. Um, No no matter what the photos were, that that image on social media with the dog, suddenly people were like, oh, look at the dog. And then they read the story. And so I thought, well, you know, we got to go where the people are. And, um, And so I thought, what a cool idea then to include dogs whenever possible. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we gift those photos and, and and I learned that because I, I followed 13 families for about two and a half, three years to share their stories. And I wrote a book. Uh, this is shortly after I left clinical practice. And that's when I realized not only were we getting more candid, fun um, photo sessions and experiences, people stopped to read the stories and, and that's, you know, that's what we need. That's what we want.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So do you think it's just the cuteness factor or is there something else going uh, for why they stop when a dog?
1: isn't? I think I think, yeah, the cuteness factor. But I think beyond that, it, I dogs um, and, and other pets, too. But I want to say especially dogs, uh, there's like this equalizing factor that dogs just bring this. Um, it's almost like we become children, and it's okay to play and to laugh. And uh, when we're looking at those pictures, it takes us right there with them. And then we're thinking of our own experience as well. So uh, when, let's say, you think about somebody who has Alzheimer's, maybe you can't think of a lot you have in common, right? Or what? How am I going to relate to this story at all unless you've had a loved one? And when you add a dog to the mix, and if you happen to like dogs or love dogs, and suddenly you're like, oh, yeah, I have something in common with them. I love my dog, too. And, and then it draws people in. Um, and, and for the right reasons, because our, our mission is really founded in compassion and kindness and, and love. And, uh, you know, dogs are a big part of that. Uh, very healing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. There uh-huh. was this book. It was... It's a pretty well-known book. I don't know why I'm talking about it. Like, it's not how to win friends and influence people. He talks about like, um, just treat people like a dog, like, (laughs) like um, treat them with the excitement that a dog has when a dog first sees the person that is like their Uh, owner.
1: Like they do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's like, if you can approach people with that level of excitement,
1: Mm -hmm. people will
0: like to be around you a lot more. Yeah.
1: Well, that's a really good point. And then too, you know, if you have a dog yourself, you know, if you're going for a walk, people will stop and talk to your dog or ask you about your dog without ever asking your name or, but they're excited to see your dog. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's a great way to be too, <laughs> 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 to people. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so excited to meet you, you know? And,
0: yeah, I no, so, absolutely. Yeah.
1: I, I think there's a lot to it, actually, a lot more than we even know right now.
0: Oh yeah. I completely agree. I completely Mm -hmm. agree. Well, awesome. Tell us a little bit more about your motivation in life. What gets you up and keeps you going every day?
1: (laughs) Um, Well, I have, I have a uh, for-profit business, which is in the right now The I do portrait photography, but during COVID when I really couldn't be around other people, (laughs) like many of us, I realized just how many thousands of landscape and I love flowers and the macro photography work i had and i just really worked on perfecting that and um created a art gallery and online art gallery and we do shows now and and so the for-profit is carmen's fine art and i sell really beautiful art pieces that started with photography and um, some of it is mixed media. I do some other things too. And so I've <laughs> become this artist I never imagined being. And um, I love that. And so a big portion of that goes to Doggies for Dementia and um, as well as my effort and time. And it's a, it's a, a labor of love very much. And, um, and I'm the one right now doing the photography for Doggies for Dementia. So I'm really getting in there and meeting families. Although we are um, growing and looking to expand in the United States and having other photographers around the country, uh, families are gifted the sessions by the way, and uh, and the prints, um, similar to what you see right here. And, um, it, you know, for me, the perfect day is delivering those, those photos to families. It's, a, it's yeah. a beautiful thing. And getting to know them, you know, we're sharing their story that's a very vulnerable thing and they're they're telling us about themselves and their loved ones and their journey um in hopes of that would be easier for others um like them yeah
0: i love that i have this hypothesis that i really don't think is um, very new but it's new to yeah. me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um just like people you know we live our lives and we'll be doing stuff. We have our daily stuff that we do, but I think where we get the most fulfillment is when we are in service to others. Mm -hmm. And it can be like the smallest thing ever. Like it could be like helping somebody cross the street, opening the door for somebody like those little moments right there. I feel like is where we really get our excitement serving other humans. So I love that. That's what you're doing.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I, and I agree with you. I, I, I think that is uh, what keeps things moving and moving positively. And it makes it a lot more difficult to be upset about petty things when you just recognize the miracles and the everyday kindness and, and compassion. Sometimes you don't even know what you're, how, what kind of difference you're making for people. And uh, a lot of times it's the very small things. It's um, even as a nurse, I learned presence, just being present and focused. And uh, in other words, not being distracted by everything else going around um, was probably one of the most compassionate things I could do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that for a little bit because mm-hmm. yeah. presence is something that a lot of people struggle with, but also a lot of people yeah. say is very good for you. So yeah. tell us a little bit about your journey with presence.
1: Presence. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't know when it was in my career, but it wasn't, I mean, I, like, I knew it all along that I'd never put it into words. And, um, I had studied, I was working on my masters, I think. And, um, I discovered holistic nursing, which is body, mind, and spirit. And they were talking about presence, which drew me in. I'm like, what the heck are they talking about? And, um, essentially what it is is saying the greatest gift we of time, but beyond time, is our attention that, um, and I looked at it and said, well, essentially everybody wants to be acknowledged in their own way. And at least to say, somebody heard me, somebody heard me and you don't even need to say anything. Um, In fact, sometimes it's better not to, it's just to be there and to give that gift of acknowledgement. And so it's so easy now we just pick up our phones or, you know, we get a text and we glance at it while people are talking to us. That's not presence, right? Because you're distracted and you're looking around or doing something else. Or even as a medical professional, we're taking notes. um, Or then when things went computer, we're trying to balance our laptop literally on our lap as people are talking and we're looking down and looking at them. And that is not the gift of presence. And, um, I did my best when working with um, patients or people uh, people who I saw in the clinic and put the computer down, you know, close it even, and just talk and just say, you know, how are you? Even that simple question, how are you? And then just wait mm. was, um, mm-hmm. um, I was always surprised by what people would tell me, yeah. things I never knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. What, did it ever get to a point where you also practiced presence with yourself while you were alone?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a big one too because I'm I'm like doing two things at the same time, like almost all the time. <laughs> Can you tell? I mean, I artist, I have a nonprofit, and, and I'm like 63. and I should be like slowing <laughs> things down, right? And um, and then as an as a nurse practitioner, all the responsibility, you know. And even as a photographer, I'm photographing and I'm talking and photographing. and am doing many things and. So I just found that if I took even the beginning hours of the morning, an hour, thirty minutes, what have you, I journaled or um, did my yoga or meditation or even listened to something inspiring, um, and sometimes it's even while I'm doing my makeup or you know drying my hair or what have you, I'm just kind of tuning into that and um, just really being present with that and not thinking about anything else. Yeah. So. I love it uh, yeah now that takes practice i gotta tell you that's not the easiest thing to do um it really it wasn't for me <laughs> it wasn't at all. yeah no i'm right i mean yeah i mean we have more distractions now probably than ever before with the the digital age we we are connected and people are expecting almost immediate responses right um te- texting and And all that, well, there's great benefits to that, but the downside is then we are always connected to others and um, not simply connected to ourselves. And I think that's what you were referring to. How do you connect with yourself? how are you really feeling? How do you, what do you really want? And um, even when I was thinking about leaving um, or kind of retiring career and doing something else, The first time I looked in the mirror and said, what what do you really want? It just made me cry because I had not ever really asked myself that. Like, what did I want? It was like, well, the best thing, um, you know, I was a, a mom, you know, single mom, most of that time. I'm like, well, what's the best thing for my family, for my son? What's the best thing for it? But not for just me. If I could do anything, I wanted, what would it be? Yeah. Yeah. And I was, you know, in my fifties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm not alone. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not unique in that. No, no, and um, but it was a great question to ask because I hadn't thought of it. It it really took me, um, maybe a week or two just thinking, like I I let me just toy with the ideas. What do I want?
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and I think it's yeah. um that kind of both being present with yourself and asking yourself that question, what do I actually want? Mm -hmm. It's easy to neglect because, um, you know, in the seven habits of highly effective people, Mm -hmm. Covey talks about um, quadrants of kind of like activities and some are like urgent and important. Others are important and not urgent. And I think that's a important, really, really important activity, but it's not very urgent because nobody really holds you accountable to it.
1: You're right. You're right. Yeah. And everything else, it just, it just runs all over you kind of because it it has to get done and are they needed versus wanted, right? And we were talking like, what do you really want? Not what you really need. Um, Although perhaps it should be, what do you really need? What do you really need to be fulfilled and happy? And and ask it in that way. It's like, oh, it's, it, it is, it is a basic, it's a basic spiritual need to be fulfilled. Absolutely. And how do you do that? And sometimes, I mean, that doesn't mean necessarily a career change, right? It might be um, something else that's, you know, some other form of fulfillment and finding it. That's a Everybody has their own answer to that.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's typically the smaller steps. Like I think a lot of people get Mm -hmm. paralyzed when they think I have to go big. I have to change all my relationships Mm -hmm. and my whole career. It's like, no. Yeah.
1: Take no. two minutes a day. <laughs> yes. That's exactly right. Or journal and um, or you know, whatever. I mean, I'm I'm an, uh, a big audible or audiobook fan. So it might just be, hey, I'm I'm really reading two or three or listening to a, a book a week, or maybe yeah. four books a month, and that's four more, and that's fulfilling to me. Um, or it's 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 uh, small things.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Things we just don't think about it because they're small. So they don't seem like they're important. Or maybe greeting the neighbor like we do their dogs, you know, (laughs) with the same excitement that we do their dogs. (laughs) Maybe it's that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, Carmen, let's go ahead and jump into your dreams and goals now. Tell us about your vision Mm -hmm. for your life and your companies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we love to travel. And um, which is great because I've been able to incorporate the art gallery with the travel. So I do, you know, travel photography, but uh, cool places and flowers from all over the world, which is wonderful, especially now as things are opening up. So that's really nice. Um, Doggies for dementia. It's, you know, like I said, we are looking to spread across the country and we're looking for other um, photographers and, and even people who maybe were like me back in 2015 who are, Big hobbyists, but don't really who want to learn more uh, we're we're putting together the orientation program and we're all really just about set for that um, because the the vision is to raise awareness and to really make a huge global impact kind of like what you're talking about changing the world where we're like looking to change the world one image one story at a time and uh, we we need to um, offer beyond f- Texas <laughs> you know <laughs> we're a big state and you know and I have traveled we've been to Georgia Florida New Jersey I've, I've done photo sessions around the country but um, the time is to have others do that on our behalf and representing us and um, so that we can continue to share those stories I think that's the only way we're going to have a real shift in the stigma uh, for those with dementia
0: yeah um, absolutely but, and what would the time commitment look like for a photographer that wanted to work with you guys
1: Oh, not a whole lot. Honestly, it depends how much they want to do. So it's a matter of them saying, yes, we want to. And then we we are um, we'll put out there for families in the area so that we can meet those needs. And if they say, well, I want to do one photo session a month, that's what we'll get scheduled, you know, and and we'll just, uh, yeah, step at a time, a step at a time. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Okay. So growing Mm -hmm. doggies for dementia and continuing Mm -hmm. to travel and doing your travel photography. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one.
0: Love it. Mm-hmm. Are there any other dreams or goals that you want to chat about?
1: Yeah. I, you know, my, my personal vision is for doggies for dementia to continue on long after I'm finished with uh, my work with the uh, foundation. I got it started and um, love it very much, but, but I we're really working hard just to be sure that it's uh long lasting and uh,
0: Absolutely. So that that legacy piece.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure one day I'll want to slow down a little bit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 For sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Well, what really caused you um, to kind of finally come to that question of what do I actually want Mm -hmm. and then go after it?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I was in the, I I, working in the clinic and I worked with families um, impacted by dementia and there wasn't a lot to offer as far as medicines and there's no cure. And uh, so it was a lot of family support. And I was very fortunate where I worked. I was given plenty of time to talk with families and to support them. And I just remember thinking somebody needs to tell these stories because when we hear of the the challenges, the profound challenges, and then the triumphs and what people do and just the resiliency. I just thought, you know, the world would be a lot less petty place if we could hear what others are doing and, and doing it well. I mean, it's not easy and they're going through, they walk the dark, the dark night for sure, but um, what they do with that and So somebody needs to tell these stories. And then one day it just hit me. I'm like, I really need to tell these stories. And I just couldn't imagine doing it without photos. And um, so once I decided to do that is when I, people were telling me, they go, well, you know, writing a book is one thing. Have you ever spoken? I'm like, oh, I'm really shy. I don't think so. Um, You know, I've spoken at professional conferences that's different. I'm like, well, you need to speak. And what about this? And what about that? And it was mind boggling. And I mean, I could have written three pages of things that I could have or should have done or um, that opportunities and people just come out of the woodwork with opportunities, some really great and some I should never listen to at all. And But I didn't know. And that's when it got to be overwhelming with that. Then I'm like, wait a second, what do I want to do? That's when that happened. Mm There we so, go. Yeah. Yeah. And then then it got really clear on what really got me most fired up. What did I really love to do the most? Yeah. Yeah. Love and to back to that. fulfilling, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, if there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this mm-hmm. could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take the next step toward your dreams and goals, who would mm. they be? and how would they do it?
1: People, let's see. Um, you know, um, uh, I I'm trying to remember her name. How could I forget? She's really big. Um, um, she's all I could think of is Arnold Schwarzenegger's ex-wife. Um,
0: I have no idea who that is, unfortunately.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm just going to kick myself to thinking about that. I can see her face and, and everything she's of the um, Kennedy family and, um, her, I think it was her Maria mother. Shriver. Yes. Maria Shriver. Exactly. Thank you. And, um, she's very, um, they, she's a founder of a nonprofit and does the tremendous work of course has a huge platform and, um, I would just love to sit down and, um, just absorb some of that her genius
0: She's gotcha really
1: an amazing person and um uh, and does amazing amazing work too yeah.
0: there we go and yeah. what are the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you achieve your dreams and goals of growing doggies for daycare and with your travel photography
1: yeah so doggies for dementia yeah easy that one is really i'm easy for so people. sorry that yeah, i just <laughs> that's okay. Um, yeah, the simplest and free thing is to follow us on social media, especially Facebook and Instagram and share those posts because you, and those stories, because you just never know who of your friends and followers are in, in need of hearing that because a lot of people struggle with, um, Learning how to ca- be caregiver, or they see their family members who are declining, and maybe there's a dementia. They don't know where to turn, and they don't know even where to begin. And um, they'll do that in silence because there's such a stigma. So I say, if you just share, you're you're gonna you're gonna reach people who really need to hear that information. And uh, we offer quite a bit of resources and people who do great things, and we we really support the families in that. So that's one thing is social media for sure follow and share there
0: we go follow and share mm-hmm. doggies yeah. for dementia
1: yeah and Honestly. look at that it's free right i mean we we all we need funding we need donations and sponsorships you know corporate type things as well and but that one is an easy one mm-hmm. there we go yeah
0: also i want to formally apologize for pressing oh. that up <laughs>
1: Okay. Listen, you got my last name, right? There
0: we go. There we go.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: I haven't been saying that the whole podcast, have I? I've been saying doggies for dementia, right?
1: Yes, you have.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. You must be thinking about daycare.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And the first question is what is your favorite book movie or podcast? Pick one.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm Hmm. Well, I'll start with the book that was most inspiring to me as a, as a young woman and it's um, Marianne Williamson's a woman's worth. And um, she wrote about um, how a lot of women think. And we just, especially this is probably in the eighties, 1980s. So we've come a long way. We have a long way to go, but um, just our thinking of being kind of underlings and and not using the power that we have or not even recognizing it. And um, it was highly motivating to me. And I started reading some things like that. My son was just born or before that. And I thought, you know, I wanna be the best mom I can be. And I was just reading and learning. And I stumbled across that one and I thought, oh, this is really important. And it has remained one of my most inspiring books ever. And I got to meet her and tell her stuff, so that was really nice.
0: Oh, that is awesome! Mm-hmm. I know she wrote mm-hmm. that poem that I think is just epic. Yeah. It's like yeah. our our greatest fear, our, our deepest fear, is not that we are inadequate. That whole poem. Yeah. So good. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, what is one way you like to take care of yourself?
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, walks in nature, that's my favorite thing. Give me flowers. And I, even some, I can just tell you now, I I can go to the grocery store and buy flowers and just just photographing them, getting really up close and doing beautiful soft pieces. And that to me, I mean, what seems like 15 minutes to me, I'll look at the clock and two hours have passed. So being around flowers, nature, definitely with, usually with my dog, Sparky. So. (laughs)
0: There we go. Mm -hmm. There we go. And what is one action step that you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet Maria Shriver?
1: Oh, well, I am always, I'm connected on social media as best as possible. And, uh, you know, I'm always out there looking for where she might be speaking and things. And she's a huge inspiration. When I wrote my book, she had written and I followed like how she got the message out and things. And, um, Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, we, we do travel in some of the same circles, uh, especially with the dementia work. Um, So I'm sure one day our paths will cross. There we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And we have one last question for you. (laughs) So you know how there are people on the planet that have a really fixed mindset. They're not willing to accept help. They're not willing to accept change. Sometimes they'll live their whole life like that. And sometimes they'll die like that, unfortunately. Other times they'll make the switch to more of a growth mindset, willing to accept help and willing to accept change. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that switch?
1: I think for most people, unfortunately, it's like something really tragic. It's a big, it's like forced on them, um, a death or death of a relationship, a divorce or serious illness sometimes. Will do it, and um, I. I also think I, and I believe in this. This is part of why we do it: is um, a story that we read or, or hear that just touches us in such a way that there's no going back. There's just no way to ignore that pull. Um, it's that's what happens, you know, with death or illness. There's just no way you can ignore it, right? Yeah. You can't ignore that, but I think there's other ways too um I think stories stories are a key thing
0: I completely agree I keep hearing about storytelling
1: as Mm -hmm. um
0: you know I like it's such a natural part of our life we don't realize all the places where we are doing storytelling like every time somebody comes on this podcast they're telling the story of their life you know right and um you're reading a book, whether it's nonfiction or fiction, they're telling the story of something. It's like yeah. every time there's it's, a story involved. So
1: it's everywhere. You watch TV commercials, they're stories. They're telling the stories with images and video and photographers are really visual storytellers. I mean, every image uh, rightfully should tell some story. You know, yep. and, and as a photographer, you know, I look like, what's the main character? What do I want to say with this? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I guess my follow up question is what do you think is the differentiator between people who have a really, really tragic experience and they kind of freeze in that trauma, or they come out and go to more of that growth mindset? Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Well, I think some of it is timing, you know, I, I, I believe that we're all on our own path, so to speak, right, and where some, our timeline might, it might feel really urgent. Like I really need to make a change. I need to make it now. And other times um, the thought is I can wait on that and just kind of ponder. And I'm not so sure that's always wrong. I think that that just might be their path and their way of getting there. It might just take a little bit longer. Um, I mean, look at you are, you said what, 22, 23? 22, yeah. 23. yeah. And you're doing magnificent things and using media and getting your points across and, and changing lives. Right. And I didn't see that or how that could, I could even be a part of that, in a in a global sense until I was like 57, 56. Right. That was my time. And a lot of the things weren't available to, available to me before, but even if they had been, I'm not sure my mindset would have been there anyway. And that's just my timeline.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. There we go. Well, Carmen, is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off?
1: Oh gosh, we talked about some big things, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would love to hear more about you, but I, and I will. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Carmen, sounds good. I thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And if I could just remind your listeners to find Doggies for Dementia on Instagram and Facebook. And um, when you see responses and posts and all those kind of things, it comes from right here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. there we go.
1: So you write me a message, you will hear from me. (laughs)
0: Love it. Well, if you guys Mm. loved what Carmen had to say, you loved her story, you loved what she is doing. Make sure to go follow Doggies for Dementia on social media. All of the links will be in the show notes. And yeah, if you guys are listening to this and you really loved it and want to share it, make sure to send it to one to three people as we always ask. And let's go two to five for this one. And Let's
1: do. There we go.
0: And (laughs) send them over to Doggies for Dementia. As we always ask, send this podcast. Oh, my gosh. I am just butchering this ending. As we always ask, shoot us a five-star review on iTunes. Send the podcast (laughs) to two to five people. And on that note, we're out